And if you're struggling to come up with that email, you know, if you feel like you've already got documentation, I mean, you can actually reach out to employment attorneys at that stage. You know, there's a lot of really like amazing people who work in that field to help employees. Odds are if they're working to help employees, they're not at the big law firms trying to get rich. They they do it because they believe it. They really care about people. A lot of them have been through it themselves, kind of like I have. And then you want to help people after that. So a lot of them will do free consults. A lot of them will help you shape your case, give you some advice and, and help you get going. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in today. It's time for us to start. Try to get some motivation, inspiration, get some encouragement. And when we know when we go through a tragedy, a heart gets difficult we can persevere through it and know that again, I just say this to the guests before we get started, that when we know the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train coming, we're on easy street and we've got through it. Great life coming ahead. Now, doesn't mean something may not come back later, unexpected or expected, but we're better prepared to handle the situation. All right, today, Hey, we got uh, got a little. Uh, this is gonna be pretty good. <laughs> I got a little funny story to go with this one here. I think all my stuff's funny. All y'all are going scratching your head and say, oh, "I don't get it." But you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll start laughing. So, all right. Uh, today, our guest she said that uh, growing up a single, she's a single mother. Okay, and it worked, and she had a bully of a boss, and at being a single mother. Not sure what to do because you definitely got to take care of the child, take care of the children. And, you know, what do you do? What do you do? All right. We're going to get started with Kimberly, a.k.a. Kim Williams. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. So, all right. So my little, my little, my little story here is I was probably like 17 years old. And a friend of mine was working at this uh, store and apparently they were getting ready for inventory and they were trying to get in extra people to get stuff ready. And so went up there, my friend, he was already working there. He'd been there a year or so. And so what had happened is the uh, guy says, hey, uh, he, he sent people to go do things in the store and he sent me outside, which is good. I'm going to be outdoors. That's good. And said, move all the bicycles, all the plants, all the grill and stuff out of the way, and then sweep that area. Cool. So go out there, pull everything out, sweep and clean, put everything back, go find the boss man. What do you need me to do now? Well, need you to go back here and pull all the stuff back out again. And I need you to wash the windows. I said, okay, you're the boss. So pulled everything back out, washing the store windows and everything like that. Put everything back in. Go find the boss man. Uh, I need you to pull everything out again and put the bicycles over here, put the plants over here, and then move the grills and stuff over here. I said, I tell you what, buddy, and I'm 17 years old. I tell you what, buddy, I think you could have told me to pull everything out one time. 
clean the windows, clean the spot, and move everything instead of me dancing and doing it. I tell you what, you go pull it yourself. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I did a half day's work and quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it made no sense to, and, and, and to me, at 17, it was just a power play, you know, exactly. to see yeah. what to see what I would do and how far I would go. Yeah. And he learned and pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He learned it, learned it pretty quick. So, uh, and then of course my dad died before I was 16. And, um, that was the dad I told you I consider my dad. Uh, and, uh, he died before 16. So my high school baseball coach, he had heard about what happened and he was trying to tell me, well, when boss tells you, and I said, I bet you would have took it like that, pulling everything out five times and, Reading. So, all right, there's my story on my bully boss, and uh, I didn't stay but half half a day with him. So, uh, I'm not even sure if I went back for a paycheck. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Kim, let's uh, get started with yours. Uh, go from here. You pick, you get us started where we need to be, and we'll follow along. Awesome. Okay. Well, mine lasted a little bit longer than half a day. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, but you had you had uh, like I said a single mom. You got a family you're supporting, so you you had to take more than I did. Yeah, I'm just seventeen. I didn't have to. I didn't no, have any children. Right. I wasn't married. Uh, wasn't a single dad at seventeen, thankfully. And <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have to hang in there. All right, go ahead. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's what raises such an important point. You know, a lot of times when people have their jobs threatened, it's it's tied to everything, you know, people can immediately worry about like, am I going to make my, my mortgage, my rent? It, it can determine, you know, how you take care of your kids, where they go to school, where you live, like everything in your life is really tied to your job. So it becomes very high stakes very quickly. And for me, who spent most of my career working in HR, doing investigations, feeling like I had a good deal of integrity and working with people integrity that no matter who you are in an organization, you know, the rules apply to everyone. And, you know, if, if you're being mean at this level, it's no different than being mean at a lower level. Like we need to have conversations and we need to make sure we're treating everyone right. And so for me, it was just really eye opening to find myself in a position where I was on the other end of that. And then also to feel kind of alone in that process in the sense mm -hmm. that I was the head of HR. I reported to a chief executive who was punching down and I couldn't go to HR. I was HR. I couldn't right. you know, open an investigation in my own shop because it would look tainted because I'm their boss. And so really in a situation like mine, the only thing you can kind of do is go to inside counsel, depending on the size of your organization. And when I did, they're like, oh, yeah, that's gone on for decades. Nobody wants to deal with it. You know, this person's mean. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm some direct experience. That's right. <laughs> And because this person was achieved, the only thing I could really do then was just go to the board. And so I did. I met alone with the board, said, you've got a really big problem here. Lots of people have been affected. I'm being affected. And the majority of them were like, that's too bad. You know, like um, this person really takes care of us, you know, and so we're Get just going to thick skinned and ignore it. Exactly. And so, you know, for me, it was is really, really difficult to do. I'm, I'm extremely protective of people. This is why I went into HR because I really believe and care about what happens to folks. And I knew it wasn't just me. It was a lot of others. And so I kind of had to sort through my own fear 
you know, my own anxieties about how to navigate terrain I had never been in. I had to deal with my own fear about, you know, what is this going to mean for my child, myself? And it gets a lot to untangle. And so it became kind of a great opportunity, a, a challenge, if you will, to get stronger in something that I, you know, wouldn't have volunteered for. <laughs> but, uh -huh. but I began to frame it that way. And, and as I started thinking more in that kind of context, I was able to work through solutions and I was able to go through and say, OK, let's just pretend I'm doing this for somebody else. What would I say in that moment? And so I just went to the boss directly and I started writing these long emails saying, here are all the horrible things you did. And this is in writing now. And here's how I expect to be treated. Here's how this is affecting me. Here's how this is affecting our organization. And it is not OK. And what's interesting is when I did that, they got nice. It didn't last because, there you go. <laughs> because I don't think you can do this for 30 years and have that like be permanent. Uh, but it kind of bought a little bit of a reprieve. And then eventually they'd blow up and eventually I'd write it up again. And I kept sending it to the board. I kept challenging the board saying, well, you know, any other employee comes to me, I do this. Why aren't you doing that? Please explain to me in writing. And so by oh, yes, definitely getting in writing. That's right. Yes, you're absolutely right. It, it's so pivotal. People don't realize how pivotal that is. But because I pushed it and I pushed it that way, they came back and they did an investigation. It took months. It went pretty wide as far as I could tell. And then eventually they came back and they said, OK, we can sustain allegations of abuse. But, you know, there was really no law broken. You know, this person's mean to everybody. And so therefore, he's, there's no he's not discriminating against exactly. anybody. So he's mean to everyone. That's right. That's right. Equal and, opportunity. You, so y'all get the, the bad mess of him. Exactly. So no disparate treatment, none of that. And I was like, well, that that's not OK for me. You know, my values and your values as an organization are not in line. And by that point, I had a phone book of information and I went to a lawyer and got a, a good exit out of that. But more important than that, what I realized through that experience, it was the first time in my life I looked for help online, like what to do with a bully boss. And the advice was horrible, absolutely horrible. Most of the time they're like, learn to deal with it, you know, do yoga and breathing exercises, <laughs> sympathize with them. These kind of advice and a lot of this stuff is a generic advices and yeah. probably the person that was writing it written that wrote it had not been through anything like that anyway and I this know. is what you should do because i read it in a book 20 years ago and well, <laughs> yeah exactly. and, but they've never been through it to to say what should really be let me ask a question kim before we get too far along um when you're going to the board and other people and they're saying, tough, hang in there like a, hang in there, as they were saying in the South, hang in there like a hair in a biscuit. Okay. <laughs> and um, did word not get to him before you emailed him what's going on and how bad he's been? Has, I mean, was that the first when he read the email or did someone from the board, you know, have a mole? Snuck off to oh, him yes. and said, snuck off and says, hey, you need to, because Kimberly over here is really, okay, so no, wonder, just wondering. Yep, and you're, you're absolutely right to be thinking about that, because two days after my meeting with the board, I went in to meet with my boss, 
and my boss had been fully briefed. And what was worse, there was a long history. And, and so there was, you know, one person on the board who knew that there was a big problem and had set up a series of like 360 reviews to try and get written feedback because everybody was too afraid to complain. Mm-hmm. And so they, they felt like they couldn't do anything. They were trying to get something documented. And so one of the board members, I can't say for sure, took all those 360s, confidential interviews and statements and handed it to my boss to do wow. whatever they wanted to. Wow. And so, and I learned that from the conversations, like my boss let me know, like, you know, there are no secrets. Don't you ever do that? I got ripped to shreds. Like I walked into a buzzsaw and it yeah. was that night where I finally was like, I'm alone. I don't have anybody coming to help me here. I'm just going to have to go directly. And that was when I started putting things in writing and yeah. backing them in to kind of a situation from there. And, um, and, and that would be the advice, you know, like after this experience, I wanted to make sure that other people knew that they had more rights than they realized, because I think millions of people go through this stuff. You oh, know, yes. Not, oh, yes. Yeah. Not a small number at all. And it it pains me to think about how many people are hurting. And so, you know, I try to just talk to as many folks as I can. I try to help as many people as I can. I get people reach out to me with all kinds of just heartbreaking situations. And the number one thing that I can tell them to do is a know that they're not alone and that b when you put something in writing they are evaluating their next steps based on what you say and how you say it so someone who whispers a complaint they're going to be like uh this person's not a threat this person's not going to go down the road with me but if you can go look at your handbook the the book nobody ever reads (laughs) There's always a section in there about discrimination, harassment, bullying, something like that. And they're supposed to outline procedures. If you copy and paste that language in a letter to HR or your manager saying, this this thing has happened to me and this is hurting me this way, um, per your policy, uh, what are you going to do about that? Yep. Well, here's the protocol. And mm-hmm. so what's what's happening? Yes. What we yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned millions of people going through uh, they don't hate their job just because they're driving there and driving home it's something there that's making them be you know disheartened about being there yeah and and it's neither going to be another employee they're working with a co-worker again the uh, the assistant supervisor supervisor it's something it's yeah it's not because they're driving there and driving home it's they hate it because something's going there is not right. You're absolutely right. It's someone's being mean, someone's attacking their dignity, someone's degrading them, all these things that none of us want that, that don't feel good for any, anyone. And, and what I have found, you know, since this experience is that um, a lot of times it comes down to the brilliant jerk or the highly valued employee. And that, you know, a lot of companies have two sets of rules. If the janitor does something awful, you know, fire them out, you know, but if it's that salesperson who brings in a million dollars a year, if that's that chief executive that makes the board's life easier, something along those lines, and all of a sudden, well, hold on a minute, you know, and, and that's when you start to see that pushback. Is it really that bad? Or, you know, is this just you? And a lot of times all that is, is a fear of HR management, not wanting to address something or have a hard conversation. Yeah. 
So, uh, uh, yeah, like you're talking about the janitors there. I was a school teacher for a while. And first cuts when they talk about, we got to make some cuts in the school. So first thing is they're cutting the uh, custodians, uh, which I used to call the custodial engineer. Oh, nice. So I like make, that. To make them sound more important, to make them yeah. feel good. I say, hey, custodian engineer Dave, uh, Dave come here. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, the first thing they're cutting are the people that are living paycheck to paycheck instead of the people up top that are making 10 times more than they ought to be making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying cut them bone dry, but I'm sure if you took 100000 off them, it's not going to hurt them. And uh, because you're, you're, you're cutting the, uh, the, the uh, again, custodials, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And you're taking five hours off of work from them to make it harder on them. And how's that going to help the overall picture? Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I never understood that part. So. I think some of it too has to deal with liability. So many HR rules. Oh, I'm sure of that. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, and so a lot of times, the higher up the, the food chain, you know, if you have a CEO who commits something bad and that goes public, you know, in a public company, they can see their stocks fall 5% the next day when it hits the media. So it becomes higher stakes. And so a lot of times they want to downplay it because they don't want to write somebody a bigger check. You know, they don't want to mm-hmm. deal with a larger lawsuit. It has so many more implications and it becomes very, very costly. So by trying to say, oh, it was a small thing and we fixed it with an executive coach, you know, so it they take the least amount of action to try and show that they address the problem. That they're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's my little get on my stepping stool here. I can't climb anymore. But my little grief is I have a problem with Goodwill now is the. You know, they used to help provide training for people with disabilities to get a job. Well, they've stopped that in most states. I know here in Tennessee they have. They okay. did, but yet when you're checking out, they say, do you want to round up to help the program? You don't have the program anymore, but a lot of people don't know that. Okay. But here's my big problem with them. I don't understand how they consider a nonprofit with all the money they make. I don't care. I get my brand new car and they sell that brand new car for a dollar. They made a dollar profit because they didn't pay for that car. Everything's profit. I don't understand it. So yeah. I've yeah. already, I've told and I'm go, all you listeners when I'm dead and gone, you make sure I've already told my friends and family, none of my stuff goes to the Goodwill. All right. <laughs> now I get off my soap pedal, but none of it goes to the Goodwill. You can burn it in the front yard. None of it goes to the Goodwill. There all you right. go. <laughs> All right, so so after you um, went through what you need to go with uh, the boss and uh, things got temporarily easier, better, uh, then, yeah, just nature goes back, like you said, 30 years of acting that way. Nature's going to reverse back anyway. And so what more did you do? And you mentioned how you try to help other people that's going through this. So tell us how you've gone from there to there. Yeah, and so... You know, when I went to leave there and look for another job, top of mind, I just wanted to work with nice people. (laughs) And so that was like priority number one. And so I ended up um, going to work with an organization called Walker Advertising that did legal advertising. And so we worked with attorneys all over the, the country. And a lot of them were all different types of things, you know, car accidents, you know, immigration, 
all these different law types, but there wasn't really a heavy focus on labor and employment. And so I've been there almost two years now and I constantly have been saying like, look, there's so many people hurting. There's so many people who could really use this service. And so we've slowly been trying to work into like kind of a, a new law area. And I'll be more than happy to share like my LinkedIn page. I have a link at the very top where you can get a free consult because my big mission now is to try and connect people with free resources so that you can get an attorney in your area who maybe works on like a contingency basis so that you don't have to worry about any upfront costs mm -hmm. that can help you navigate these situations. And then depending on where you are and what's going on, you know, you could be looking at serious claims. I mean, we've, you're now seeing juries award for one discrimination claim, you know, 366 million, or it opens up a class action suit of hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and these are happening all over the country, you know, where you're, you're seeing these come about. So you can either have a lawyer help you in something like this, or in some cases, depending on your jurisdiction, it could be a breach of contract. If, if you have an employee handbook, that's not just for you, the employee, that's for the company. And if they break their own rules in some states, you could have a claim against them based on that. Um, public companies now, you're starting to see shareholders where if a board knows that an executive does something that could eventually hurt profits, hurt their ability to make money and didn't address it, they can now sue board. So all these new things are kind of coming out. But for me too, I think every time an employee has that hard conversation, hit send on that email, works through that fear you know, of, of going up to their company and just laying down that marker to say, I've been mistreated. You're, you're really changing the whole world. Like it's so much power in that. And it is a protective activity. The second somebody does something negative to you after that, they have to prove that that wasn't retaliation for you yeah. bringing that complaint forward because that's your right to do that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, when you, when you open up that can of worms there, yeah you're not legally supposed to have to watch your back, but you would watch your back, oh, yeah. you know, for that. Um, and it goes back to, again, that uh, you better start your documentation uh, early. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather start early and everything fills out because it was just a bad day yeah. than go back three years and say, man, what did this happen on what date? And yeah. So you, you start, right. you gotta, you gotta get that document documentation, that proof uh, going early. You're so. exactly right. That's direct evidence. And a lot of times what I do in HR, if I'm trying to protect someone else or myself is I start a log. And so I'll just go on to say, okay, July 11th, you know, 11, 24 AM X person did X to me. I don't add any color. I don't say how it hurt my feelings. I just say this thing happened. Just the facts, ma'am. Here was the witness. This is when it happened. And just every single time, just one letter, you know, like one line, one line, one line. And then that will also, A, it helps you get clarity in your own mind when you're working through that, that scary stuff. And then two, when you go to write that email, it lets you do it in that very clear, calm way um, because you want to make sure that you're not doing it in this emotional state <laughs> where you're like, screw you, boss, or you don't, you know, <laughs> you don't want to do anything like that. You want to help your case. Not don't, uh, don't send the email singing the song, take this job and right. shove it. <laughs> you're exactly <laughs> don't right. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't jump the gun, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, be yeah, get be very rational and stuff. Like you said, not not be emotionally attached to it. But like you said, like the like in the old dragnets back in the sixties, uh, just the facts. Yep. Okay. Exactly right. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to build on to it. Just mm-hmm. what happened and leave it alone. Yeah. So exactly it. <laughs> Kim, I'm enjoying this conversation. I don't know if we're doing the right thing or not. Yeah, <laughs> we're, having, we we're having yeah. a good time. I mean, we're having a good time laughing. But yeah. yeah, this is a serious topic. Like you said, there's millions of unhappy people where they're at and they don't know what to do. And the first step would be documentation. Second step is, like you said, pull out the handbook and go read through, you know, the discrimination of what uh, procedures to follow and things like that. Yep, exactly it. And then, and if you're struggling to come up with that email, you know, if you feel like you've already got documentation, I mean, you can actually reach out to employment attorneys at that stage. You know, there's a lot of really like amazing people who work in that field to help employees. Odds are if they're working to help employees, they're not at the big law firms trying to get rich. They, they do it because they believe it. They really care about people. A lot of them have been through it themselves, kind of like I have. And then you want to help people after that. So a lot of them will do free consults. A lot of them will help you shape your case, give you some advice and, and help you get going. But I even tell people too, like go to chat GPT and say, you know, write a, 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 a calm, direct email to my boss saying, you know, stop harassing me or whatever. Okay. This AI stuff, man, is yeah. uh, wow. So yeah. Uh, and, hey. and get that help and that, that extra perspective so that, you know, you look like a very calm, clear person who would present well. That's what will make their hairs in the back of their neck stand up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're using their own words, their own policies, you know, very clear, calm, not excited. Like that is like the last thing that they want to yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, have you written a uh, book or a handout, anything like this? I mean, uh, I know I- you talked about uh, giving websites to go to for free resources, but have you put out your own you know, yeah. so you can, you know, sell a book for $20 and they'll send you a buck 29 for it. So uh, <laughs> your royalty. Yeah, no, actually, I just want to help people for free, you know. And so my, my LinkedIn, I've got, I've grown to about 5,000 followers. But a lot of times, like I post about this stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. here's my two cents on on doing these. And I also link to other sites. Um, there's a great website called Workplace Fairness. Um, they've been around for 30 years. They've got tons of good advice. Um, it's a really good educational site that's geared for the employee and that talks about a lot of the same things too. And the link is with your LinkedIn? Uh, yeah. Well, um, my LinkedIn, I can send you that if you like. And then I, yeah, I, yeah. I what, what we'll do first, let's let you throw out all your, uh, uh social media, how people can find you. Yeah. And then we'll, I'll get you to, send me the links so I can put them in the show notes and then okay. people just click on them. Awesome. So, but yes. go, ahead and, uh, go ahead and tell us where, how people can get hold of you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So for me, I'm not, a bit, I'm old. I'm not on social media. I'm just on LinkedIn. And so if you go to linkedin.com forward slash Kimberly dash E dash Williams, um, there's a lot of people with the name Kim Williams, but um, you'll know it's me because it'll say VP of people with Walker advertising. And then definitely 
recommend um, workplacefairness.org is a really good site. They're a nonprofit that also helps people. If um, you go to my LinkedIn and, you know, if you want to follow me, I, I'm always going to share advice. You can DM me if you have special problems and you want to talk offline about some unique situation. I'm always happy to help people. And then I even have a link to like a free consult so that, you know, you can either click to call and it'll take you to an intake center. So the intake agents will like help connect you with attorneys or you can fill out a form and they'll call you. Um, so there's some quick resources that we have there. Good deal. So yep, it's, it's uh, definitely valuable. Yeah. With the way, yeah. Like you mentioned several times, a bunch of people just don't like where they're at and yeah. don't, and don't know what to do. So it's very, very valuable information there, Kim. Uh, Hey, appreciate you being here, sharing the story. We had a couple of good laughs. Uh, uh, not to deter anyone. Again, the seriousness of of not liking where you're at because of what's going on. That's not funny. I understand that. But again, as Kim and I talked before we got started, once we can realize we're past it all, we can still have a good life. So, but the thing is, knowing what to do and to get out to Kim. Kim, Kimberly Williams, Kimberly E. Williams. And uh, again, she can help you get some resources to get you started and go from there. So Kimberly, thank you for being here today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Hey, everybody else do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.